Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Gray, and welcome to the Teaching Series Podcast. I am a follower of Jesus, and I find the Bible to be absolutely amazing and love helping people experience it anew. Because in my 12 plus years of teaching the Bible professionally, I've learned that most of us have never been taught how to engage the Bible the way it was intended in its original context, and we are missing out on so much. Because when the biblical text is set in its context, it becomes more relevant, compelling, and transformational than we ever imagined. My desire is for all people to experience the Bible this way and to see Jesus at the center of it all. It's to this end that I created the teaching series, which is a weekly video series that explores some aspect of the Bible in its original context and then talks through how we can apply it well to our own context. This podcast is the audio version of those highly visual video teachings, which can be found at walkingthetext.com. So if you find an episode particularly helpful, I'd encourage you to check out the video version as well. And please feel free to rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's jump into the episode. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode in the teaching series. I hope you are having a great day whenever you're engaging this teaching. Uh, I also hope that you had the opportunity to either watch or listen to last week's episode. It was brought to you from the shores of the Sea of Galilee, which was so much fun being able to do this teaching on location. But it was episode 17, saying yes to the best things. And we talked about how Jesus had this amazing ability to say no to the good things in order to say yes to the best things. And if you haven't had a chance to watch or listen to that teaching, I would highly recommend doing so, not only for the content we covered, but we're going to bring a teaching from today onto the heels of that one. Because during that teaching, I mentioned... A great quote from Mark Batterson, which says, a change of pace and a change of place equals a change of perspective. And we talked about how that Jesus often retreated to these solitary places. And in Mark 1, we looked at one of those instances. And then out of that, just the clarity that Jesus had for what he needed to do next. And so I've been thinking more just about these solitary places. And here's one other passage. In fact, there's a number of them, but let me just show you one. From Luke chapter 5, verses 15 to 16, Jesus has just healed somebody. He says, don't tell anybody. And then it says, yet the news about Jesus spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to solitary places and prayed. And so this was a rhythm that Jesus engaged in over and over and over again. And as I thought more about these solitary places, I was reminded this week of a podcast that I heard months and months ago with a guy by the name of Al Andrews. And I remember filing it away going, man, that is such a brilliant illustration. And the moment I heard Al talk about it, I immediately thought of Mark 1 and Luke 5 and all of these places where Jesus... Jesus retreats to these solitary places. And so Al actually started a nonprofit organization called Porter's Call, which counsels and supports recording artists. So he's actually here in the greater Nashville area. And if 
course, if you know anything about Nashville, we have recording artists everywhere. And so he's got this just amazing organization that supports and counsels these artists. And the, the whole music industry can be such a lonely life. And, you know, you have all these amazing highs, you're on stage and all that, but so much travel, so much hotel rooms, and just these recording artists go through so much. And so... Al helps them just make sure that their life stays on course and oftentimes gets them after their life has kind of plummeted. And, uh, and so Al was being interviewed on this podcast, and the podcaster was just saying, Al, just share with us wisdom about what you see when people have kind of hit rock bottom where they're just unhealthy, and, and how, can we, how can we make sure that we either do a preemptive strike against that, or how do we recover when we're in those spaces? And so he offered 10 things that you need to be doing in order not to mess up your life. And the very first one that he mentioned is the one that resonated uh, resonated immediately with me uh, about Jesus and just his rhythm of going to solitary places. And so totally want to give credit where credit is due. So Al, thanks so much for this illustration. And here's the illustration that he talked about. He talked about the history of Central Park in light of the larger New York City. And what Al ultimately said is that we have to build a central park in our lives. And then he just kind of unpacked a little bit of the history. So in the early 1850s, the New York State legislator and city designers came up with this idea to have this first large-scale, you know, planned landscaped public park, knowing that the potential for New York City to just grow and blossom, that if they didn't have some kind of park, a place where the public could retreat to, that this would greatly hinder the public health. And so in the early 1850s, they set aside more than 750 acres. I think it was originally like 778 acres, something like that. And then it eventually expanded. And I think today it's like 840. 43 acres or something along those lines. But you just look at this aerial photo of New York City and you see Central Park in the heart of it and you realize the brilliance of that New York State legislator and those city designers to recognize we have to be intentional about creating a park like this because the potential for New York City was like off the charts and they were right. And Al made this really great comment about the leaders he engages with, and I believe this is true for all of us. He just said this. He says, I find that many leaders are living life like a New Yorker without Central Park. He said, for so many of us, we reside in the hustle and bustle of all the buildings and we haven't created a space that we can retreat to, that we can find rest, that we can find just a resurgence of health and vibrancy in our own soul to be restored in those times where we just need to be put back together. And he says, if you're not intentional about having this in your life, He said, you will go downhill. You will make bad decisions. You will find yourself in a very unhealthy place and it will impact you. It'll impact those you love. It'll impact the work that you get to do. No Central Park makes for a really messed up New York City. 
And so this is what Jesus was doing. This is exactly what Jesus did is he built his own Central Park and he goes there time and time and time again. And friends, I believe we need to do this as well. And so I just want to offer some thoughts around how we can build the Central Park in the various aspects of our lives. And I want to start just with our personal life, that we need to be very intentional about these spaces that we walk into, that we walk into these Central Parks in our personal lives. And, and I know that for me, at least, it starts in the morning. Now, maybe for you, it's some other time of day, but I believe that in our personal life, we have to have this Central Park of some part in our day, where we center ourselves, we ground ourselves, we have these moments of, of prayer and solitude and reading the Bible, maybe reading something else that's going to challenge us, and we just get out of the hustle and bustle of the day that we're about to walk into, and we ground it in this peaceful, restful, introspective place of our own Central Park. Uh, I believe Central Park also needs to exist in, in how we exercise and how we live a healthy lifestyle, about being intentional, about crafting those moments in our day and in our week where we're able to go for a run or go for a walk or go to the gym or engage in some, some kind of exercise that if we don't have these places to retreat to, this you know stress relief, but also just to be able to be healthy in how we just live life through exercise that is going to hinder the work and the other aspects of our New York City. Um, I also believe that for our personal lives, Central Park looks like hobbies. Like, what are those things that you love to do? Maybe, you know, it's it's playing, you know, in a city league, uh, you know, experience once a week, you know, whether it's softball or basketball or soccer, or, you know, or whatever that is. Maybe for you, it's just a night out where there's something that happens once a week in your town. And you're like, man, that thing gives me life. Uh, maybe for some of you, it's just watching a great film or listening to music or, or going for a walk, not for the physical exercise per se, but just for the serenity and the solitude of just being in nature. Like these things that just give us life? Are we intentional in our personal lives about creating these places that we walk into on a regular basis to make sure we're experiencing these central parks? So I believe that's for our personal lives. I believe that we need to create central parks if we're married. Because most of us know who are married, like marriage can just become so routine. And the question becomes is what does Central Park look like in our marriage? Maybe it's a date night. Maybe it's a breakfast together once a week. It's a weekend getaway two, three times, maybe a year. For some of you are like, that sounds overwhelming. We can't even get away once. Then figure out, start with one. Like when's that next weekend away? What does vacation time look like? Like, are we intentional about setting that in our schedule for the course of the year and going, no, this is a priority. You know, what does Central Park look like in your marriage, that place that you go to to rest and recoup and rejuvenate and reconnect with one another and just find a sense of life and vibrancy and we get out of the routine and the humdrum noise of our city life of marriage. Uh, I believe that, that Central Park needs to exist in, in our families. That, again, just from a vacation perspective, like our family sits down, we go, what does vacation look like? Let's make sure we got everybody's schedules together. It's, it's weekly rhythms, like Sabbath. 
um, this break in the midst of our week where we're going, we're going to take a break as a family. And, and this is true whether you have a family or a spouse or not. Like These are just rhythms of Sabbath, of vacation, of rest that we need to be really intentional about. But when it comes to our family, like how are we building Central Park? How are we just not doing the family things over and over and over again? And it just becomes rote and routine. But how can we create those moments where it just breeds life into us as, as a family? And the true, this is true of our friendships as well for those really significant relationships in our lives. What does Central Park look like? Because friends, Jesus was intentional about this. And one of the things that I find so interesting is that every single time Jesus withdraws, he does something amazing on the back end of it. And, and you go, well, man, that's a little bit, you know, uh, sacrilegious or whatever. Everything Jesus did is amazing. And that's true. It really is. But, but just notice the times when Jesus withdraws, what happens immediately after that is just utterly fascinating that when Jesus has that rest, when he has that reprieve, when he's able to reconnect with God and himself and he's got that perspective and all of that, like he is so laser focused and he's just so healthy in what he does next. And friends, that's, that's what we need to do as well. And I recognize that maybe for some of us, you're like, man, I don't have any available real estate for a central park. Like my life is so full. Uh, That's why the teaching before this is so significant for you and for me, is that we've probably said yes to a lot of good things and we haven't said no to enough things in order to have the space for a central park. Because friends, thriving in your personal life, that's a great thing. Having a great marriage, that's a great thing. Having a vibrant family, like that is a great thing. And if we haven't been intentional about creating a central park in our life, then I'm willing to bet that the buildings have taken up residence in this spot. Like that's what buildings have this amazing ability to do. They've got like legs. Like they walk in, they go, oh, available space, and they plop down. And all of a sudden we start looking around and our entire life is just city. And we don't have that space that we need to walk into. And friends, if you're finding that you don't have space for a central park, it's time to get out the bulldozer. It's time to figure out all those things that you have said yes to that may be good things that just need to go so that you have space to the, for the great things. Because without having a central park in your New York City, friends, we do not live a healthy life. And I remember the first time that I went to New York City and I remember walking out of the buildings and walking into Central Park that first time and just having this sense where I could just breathe deeply. And friends, that kind of feeling we need to have on a regular basis. So I hope that you take this challenge to heart. I know that it's challenging me as well, that we need to figure out what does Central Park look like and we need to create that well in our lives. So friends, thanks so much for stopping by. If you're engaging this anywhere other than at walkingthetext.com, head over there. I'm going to have a list of, again, really poignant questions to think through about how we can create these spaces in our lives. And at walkingthetext.com, you can leave comments and maybe you've got some ideas for what Central Parks can look like in our lives. And if you just know someone who needs to hear this teaching, by all means, share that with them, bless them, challenge them, uh, because I think this is something that we all need to hear. So again, thanks so much for stopping by and may you walk out the text well in your life.